0: Welcome to mini episode 225 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have one spooky story for you today and today's story comes from Wayne from October the 20th 2022 and Wayne's story comes from a website called eerieedinburgh.com and as always I will leave the link to this in the description of this episode so let's get into it. Family holidays eh? Great fun. Everyone gets to relax, parents can stop being parents for a while, and kids can run around to their heart's content. These are the times where core memories are formed and, according to the ads, you can be the person you want to be. However, not every holiday is quite as idyllic as this. I had one of those holidays back in 2006 and it forms the basis for this story, my second eerie encounter. In August of 2006 I was a proud dad to a young son Gabriel and happily engaged to my future ex-wife Helena. Helena among other things was a professional photographer and had been commissioned by the people of Ghia to come to the island and take pictures for their new website to help promote the island after the people bought it from the previous owner, a man by the name of Derek Holt. As part of the arrangement, our accommodation was covered, and we would be staying the weekend in a place near the beach called the Ferryman's Cottage. Gia is a small island off the coast of the Mull of Kintyre, covering an entire area of around 13.95 km2. squared. is home to around 170 of the nicest people you will meet. At the time I thought I had heard of it, but knew nothing other than it seemed familiar. Given we had Gabriel, who was nine months old at the time, and we had not had a breakaway for months, we jumped at the chance to escape, and were really looking forward to seeing part of the country we'd never visited. The day of our trip arrived, so we overpacked the car and set off on the lengthy journey to the ferry. This was my first ferry trip as a grown-up, and I got so excited, I completely missed that there was a queue for the ferry and rocked right up to the front, like an excited, daft puppy. The ferryman obviously took pity on me and decided it was okay and so on we went. It didn't take long, only about 20 minutes. And as Gia grew closer, we could see our accommodation for the weekend start to appear. After we docked, we drove the car off and made the very short journey to the cottage. The ferryman's cottage is charming but unremarkable set in a fantastic location literally a two-minute walk from the beach when we parked in the drive at the front of the cottage we stopped to admire this little building that would be home for the next couple of nights it was a good size with two upstairs bedrooms an upstairs toilet and the kitchen and living room on the ground floor the staircase is in the center of the house as you walk in The cottage has self-contained gardens, so we let Gabriel out for a quick crawl on the grass while we stretched our legs and had a quick look around outside. Soon it was time to unpack the car and make some lunch, my job, while Helena took care of Gabriel. So I naturally looked for the easiest meal possible, soup. The kitchen, relatively small and narrow, had the sink on the right when you walked in and the microwave towards the end with storage cupboards on the wall towards the back of the room. The kitchen had pretty basic amenities, but everything you'd need for a weekend away. I was washing up some pots in the sink and, to make space, I moved the toaster which was to my left, further down the counter. After a minute or so of washing... I noticed out of the corner of my eye that the toaster had moved. Not a big sudden loud movement, but a slow slide across the counter. I'd guessed two inches or so. Enough for me to see it, and to hear it. I stopped what I was doing and moved for a closer look, thinking when I had moved it, it had somehow coiled the wires up, and it was them releasing the tension that had caused the toaster to move. The only rational explanation, right? There was no water underneath the toaster, so it couldn't have been sliding, and the wire looked fine, so I was left a little confused, but still sure that it had to be down to tension in the wire. Given I had found the reason for the toaster moving, I decided it wasn't worth mentioning to Helena, as I didn't want to freak her out. But I did notice that there was a definite atmosphere in the cottage, not evil or anything dramatic like that but uncomfortable is perhaps the best way to put it we'd been up since the wee small hours as the drive was a long one and it was time for my nap so i went up to the main bedroom which was to the left at the top of the stairs the bathroom was directly ahead and one of those old-fashioned bathrooms with a half wood and half frosted glass door the second bedroom to the right of the bathroom had an old wooden cot in it that we thought would be ideal for Gabriel and the decor throughout the house, although pleasant enough, felt like it was stuck in a previous time. Although the bedroom was comfortable, I couldn't settle or sleep and decided to get up and go back down the stairs, half expecting to see a terrified Helena waiting outside by the car ready to go as she had had enough of the place. However, all was fine, but Helena did ask what I was looking for when she had gone to the bathroom as she had seen me slowly and deliberately walk past the bathroom door from the main bedroom into the spare bedroom. I hadn't, though. Again, I didn't want to freak her out. We were on an island with nowhere else to go if we left, so I just made some excuse about being restless. As the day drew closer to bedtime, for some reason we both decided to talk about where we were going to sleep. Not about which side of the bed we'd sleep on or how comfy Gabriel would be in the cot, but whether or not we'd sleep in the bedroom or we'd all sleep in the living room where the TV was. Basically, we were both trying to avoid going upstairs without actually saying we were trying to avoid going upstairs. Given the TV was in the living room, we decided it was best to sleep in there. We both went up to strip the bed and set up camp on the floor with Gabriel next to us. If one of us needed the toilet, without discussing why, the other would stand at the bottom of the stairs and wait for them to come out. Gabriel at the time was crawling everywhere. It was only a month or so later that he started walking, so we didn't want him going upstairs and potentially hurting himself. So we decided, as we do, to create a barricade at the bottom of the stairs to stop him from going up. This consisted of the coffee table on its side the parcel shelf from the car and lots of big pillows to help bulk it up. Hadrian would have been proud of the wall that we built. We both felt odd there, but wanted to keep it together long enough not to freak the other out. Anyway, we managed to sleep well as much as Gabriel would let us, and the next day set about taking pictures of the island, the local hotel, its beaches and some of the older buildings to help build the website. Unfortunately, the weather was pretty dire. Big grey clouds filled the sky and the lighting was terrible. But she was there to do a job and did the best she could under difficult circumstances. We'd heard that the next day's weather would be better, so decided we would wait until then to take pictures of the ferryman's cottage and stocked up on supplies for the night, which passed without incident. The next day came and we started tidying the place up and packing the car so Helena could take her pictures. While we were getting the place ready, the sudden realisation hit us. Where is Gabriel? Panic set in. We checked the living room, the kitchen, the gardens and the car and he wasn't there. The only place he could be was upstairs but if that was the case then why was the barricade we had made completely untouched and why didn't either of us notice him going up? I moved the coffee table out of the way and ran upstairs to find him in the main bedroom, happy as Larry and completely fine. He was in the middle of the room, crawling around and exploring this new space that he had not been to before. The upstairs had creeped me out to the point where I wouldn't even look towards the stairs when I walked past, and did my utmost to avoid going up there. Now, here I was, in the very place I feared, with my son, who had seemingly defied logic and gravity, getting there, and all I could think of was, how? And we have to get out of here fast. So we did. We finished packing, rushed around taking the necessary pictures, and then left to catch our ferry. Which we were far too early for, but it didn't matter. We were out of the cottage. It was while we were sitting in the car that we opened up to each other about how we felt in the cottage, almost in unison. We both blurted out something along the lines of, Oh, thank God that's over. I told Helena about the toaster moving and she told me about the shadow passing the bathroom. While these were individual experiences, we both shared the feeling that there was something not right in that place. After a week or so, Helena uploaded her pictures to my crappy old PC and we had a look through them. Given the weather conditions, unfortunately, not many of them were of use for the website, so you can imagine her disappointment while scrolling through them. However, when it came to the ferryman's cottage pictures, they were much better. Except for two. One of the building's front exterior, where a light could be seen in the toilet despite no lights being on. And spookiest of all, The outline of a young-looking boy in the window of the front door porch. I remember the image distinctly. The outline was iridescent, like oil on water, and it looked like a boy aged around 12 to 14, peeking around the window, with his head and left shoulder visible. No facial features were on show, but you knew it was a young male, and you knew that he had dark hair. So where are the pictures? I know people will not believe me without proof, rightly so, and unfortunately, I no longer have the proof. In 2006, social media was very much in its infancy. We had no Facebook or Instagram accounts, and nothing was stored in the cloud, so everything was saved on my crappy PC, which soon broke, and the pictures were lost. I wish we'd backed them up somehow, but hindsight is a truly wonderful thing. To this day, we have no idea how Gabriel got over the barricade without moving anything or without us noticing. We've talked over possible scenarios of how he could have done it, but none of them made sense. And they all would have required him to have moved something or for us to have noticed something. We genuinely cannot explain it. Needless to say, I'm dying to go back to Gia and would love to stay in the cottage again. Maybe this time, I'll get someone else to do the cooking. Before we go any further, there's two things that I want to say. Firstly, it is very likely that I pronounced that entirely wrong. Uh, thank you to Wayne for putting a, a phonetic pronunciation of... Is it Gia? 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 But I would imagine that I potentially still got it wrong. Gia? Anyway, I uh, also would like to apologise for the pronunciation of Helena because actually I think often it's Helena in the UK, and whereas in Ireland, a lot of the time, at least where I'm from, it's Helena. So I'm sorry if it is Helena and not Helena, but I didn't realise until about three quarters of the way through that I was like, oh, I wonder if it's Helena or Helena, and it's probably Helena, so I apologise. And also, just to say, Erie Edinburgh is a great website, I was uh, having a little scout around on it, and there's loads of great spooky stories, if you're visiting Edinburgh and you want to have like a spooky time while you're there, this is the website to go to, it is really good. The link will be in the description of this episode. Make sure that you go and check it out. And I am a little bit obsessed with island life. I think small island life is really fascinating to me. I think there's such a beauty in that wilderness, in that isolation and in that small knit community. There's also, I'd imagine, a lot of loneliness and deprivation and various other things that happen on, on when you're living on a small island. But I, I just find it really fascinating. I really do. What I also find fascinating is uh, how did Gabriel get up the stairs? Please explain that to me. Unless he is the angel Gabriel and grew wings and flew up those stairs. So we're assuming, right, that something moved Gabriel up the stairs. But like when objects go missing and they appear in other rooms, etc. Like, did Gabriel crawl into a portal and come out? in the room upstairs? Like, did he just whoosh into into nothing and come out in the room upstairs? Or, if you had come out at the opportune moment, would you have seen Gabriel being carried up those stairs by an invisible entity? Which one is it? I would absolutely love to know the history of that cottage on that island. I am desperate to know. And I would highly recommend anybody who's listening to look up this island. It's G I G H A. And it's on the west coast of Scotland and the pictures, like the Google images, are absolutely amazing. But considering you got that picture of the little boy, it makes me wonder, did something happen to a little boy on the property? Did a little boy die on the property? Because the moving of the toaster is, I mean, that's pretty mischievous isn't it like you move something out of the way and then you turn and it's moved just just a small bit but I understand trying to rationalize it by saying the wires obviously got taut and then they stretched out and so the toaster moved right I do love these stories where it turns out that two people were having similar experiences but didn't want to say anything because didn't want to freak the other person out that always makes me go oh how did you feel in that moment afterwards when you were like oh my god These things happened to both of us. And there obviously was just like a negative energy in the house or a feeling in the house that was making you both incredibly uncomfortable. And I do wonder if Helena slash Helena was asking, what were you looking for when I was in the bathroom? Because she was thinking, please, please, dear God, let that have been Wayne. Please let that have been Wayne. Because if that's not Wayne, then I don't know what to do with this. Thank you so much to Wayne for sending in your story. Make sure that you go and check out erieedinburgh.com, the link to That website will be in the description of this episode and I would highly recommend it. If you've got a story that you would like to send in, you can send it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can sign up to Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time.